So last week I talked about the gift of time, uh, the urgency uh, and, and how we're to navigate life and called to the sense of, of mission and purpose. And, and as you look at moving forward in life, you have to be able to um, look at it with a sense of urgency, knowing that, you know, like uh, some people, it's just like, eh, no big deal, life, and I've got all these years. And the thing we read over and over in scripture is about how you need to capitalize on the time you do have. You're not promised tomorrow, and life is but a vapor, it says. So it's really quick, and it's short. And, and, and tonight, what I want to talk about is, um, like I was just sharing, the, the question I've been getting asked, like I've, I've probably gotten asked this maybe eight times in the last week and a half. And, and the question is, Steve, what decision, what, what decision do I need to make with this? Now, now here's the different questions, right? It's, should I move here? Steve, what do you think? This is the job opportunity. This is the thing. In fact, one of you, I can't see because the lights, pulled me aside Sunday and, and was like, hey, this is what's going on. This is the decision. We're, we're traveling to this place to decide, are we supposed to go there? Uh, and, and then I, I literally, throughout the last week and into this week, I've had people say, hey, can I meet with you? These are the decisions. Uh, like, this is the, do I do this major? Do I do that major? Uh, do I go to this school? Do I not? Do I, uh, I mean, all those questions. And, and because this is that time of year, a lot of, uh, and a lot of you aren't here that recently graduated, but a lot of the graduates before they graduated were talking to me like, hey, what do I do now? And laying out these different options. How do I navigate this decision when for a lot of you, it's on you for like the first time, right? Like, like for a lot of us, not all of you, some of you have been navigating your own decisions for a long time, but, but for, for a, a high majority of you, for a lot of you, you are now in this position where you're having to make decisions outside of your parents and it's like, whoa, and it's like, so what do I do, you know? And there's excitement with that. There should be, right? There should be some excitement. Like for some of you uh, whose parents have like bubble wrapped you since birth, and you're like, oh my goodness, what do I do with this freedom, right? Um, and, you know, and so it's, it's a new thing, but still you're faced with the, the weight of a decision, and, and as I've been just walking through these decisions with, with a lot of you in this room and those that, that aren't, some that had to make decisions already, um, that is a dominant thing this time of year. And I would say for people, I would find between the ages of like 18 to 27. And it's just, it, this is that time. And so when we think about moving forward and, and, and trying to understand and, and answer the question of what do I do? What decision do I make? Tell me what decision I need to make. Here's what we have to start with, okay? We have to start with who God is, okay? Now, let me unpack that more. You're like, well, duh. But let me unpack that, okay? We have to start with who God is. Why do I say that? Because a lot of times, when we think about a major decision moving forward, we start with who we are. And, and, and that is one of the things that I see, and, and when I meet with 
some of you and talk to you about this big decision that you have to make. We, we, we have to start with who God is, not who you are, um, because if you start with you and not him, everything you're going to filter through is going to be about you where you're the beneficiary, right? Even uh, like, like you're gonna make, like you'll bend scripture. I see it all the time. People like bend scripture to fit uh, the, the decision they want uh, or the opportunity they want. And it's, it's something that, 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 that you wrestle with. And I know you're wrestling with it because you're like, Steve, what do you think here? And, and what is God showing me? And it's really tough when God could be in either decision, right? That's really tough. So it's a lot easier when it's like good, evil. But it's really tough when he could be in either. And so we have to start with um, you making a decision that it's, it's, it, it, it's about God. It's not about you because if it's about me and if I make myself the, the, the point, then I become the arrival point for everything I read. I become the arrival point for worship. I become the arrival point uh, in my time of prayer. And so uh, what happens is I stop pursuing him and I'm pursuing all of these things that essentially are supposed to be for him. And I'm making them about me to try and decide this huge decision that I'm being tasked with, right? And, 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 and that's what's so dangerous about it because uh, what, I, and, and I know from a lot of you because you shared it with me and obviously now I've been doing this, you know, uh, I've been here, how long have I been here in Eugene? Four, four years, four years. And, and every spring, it's like a ton of young adults going, what do I do? What's the decision? And, and, and as we face this temptation, to make my decision the point versus God the point, um, we are led into decisions that we're guessing, right? Sometimes we're guessing. Sometimes uh, we are confused about a decision. Sometimes uh, we end up just going, I think this is the best answer, and we're walking through, but, but we don't have confidence uh, in it. And so, we have to ask, who's the point of this? So when I make him the point, the journey and the destination, even about a big decision, is what? It's him. So he's the point. And, and there's some freedom in that, right? Like just to, just to think, I get to take this decision and put it on God uh, and not myself, that, is, that feels really good. And, and so when we think about making him the point, that means the journey of the decision is about him. That means the destination of the decision is about him. It's all about pursuing him. And so, so what do we need to do then? If that's, if that's the reality, if that's where we're going to start with when it comes to this decision, um, we have to first go, well, where am I going to learn about him? Well, the Bible tells us about who he is, Right? That, like when we think about the Bible in scripture, it points us to God. It tells us about who God is. And, and, and what we need to remember is this. If you're a Jesus follower, if you've surrendered your life to him and said, I'm going to live for you from now on, what is the point of your life after that? Well, it's to glorify God. But remember, after receiving him, your journey is called sanctification. What is sanctification? Well, let's read uh, John chapter 17. 
verses 17 through 19. Usually I try and print these off, but the printer wasn't working and I am not very tech savvy and no one else was at the office. I was alone. So in John 17, 17 through 19, it says this, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So it says, sanctify them in the truth, okay? What are we seeking? When, when you say, I got this big decision, Steve, what do you think? What are you seeking? You're seeking the truth, right? I, I mean, you would say that. Your word is truth, okay? As you sent me into the world, this is Jesus talking, it's in red. It says, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. So sanctification, that's the point, that's the purpose after I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Sanctification is what? It's the process of becoming like God. It's the process of pursuing him. It's the growth where, where you um, hopefully, as you grow, become more like him. The characteristics, the nature, your thought life, your actions start to more and more align with who he is. That is the process of sanctification. And so when we think about um, making him the point of a decision, when we think about um, like, uh, like our point on, on earth, as we think about moving forward, it is sanctification if I'm a Jesus follower, which is becoming more like him. It's, it's looking at my life and going, man, it's starting to mirror the life of Jesus. So he then becomes the focus of my pursuits, right? If that's my goal, if my goal is to look like somebody, what, if you, now some of you, you may not be honest about this. Maybe you will be. Some of you are going for a certain look and it's based off of somebody. You saw an image, a picture, right? Uh, my wife has done hair for, I don't know, 18, 19 years. And almost every time someone comes in with a picture and says, can you do that? So they're going for a specific look. Now, now they're hoping that she can reproduce whatever that person did to make that person's hair look like that, right? And so they're hoping she can take all the steps because they're now, they're now trying to take all the steps they can to look like this person. If it's the hair, it's the hair. If it's the body, they're like, what did they do? Like, what did they eat? What did they not eat? All these things. How do they exercise? All of that. And so there's this like process. If you want to look like someone, if you want to act like someone, if you want to talk like someone, you study them, you learn about them. If you're a Jesus follower and your point is to learn, to grow, and to mirror uh, Jesus Christ, what are you going to do? You, you should study him. You should grow in him. He becomes the point. He becomes the purpose. He becomes uh, the direction. I was... Uh, uh, I shared with some of you before we started here how I've had uh, my Lindsay's aunt, Lindsay's my wife, her aunt and uncle, and then her parents have stayed at our house for, it'll be like two weeks tonight. That's a long time. And last night, as I came home, and her parents started talking about our dating process, Lindsay and mine. And I had forgotten, like, most all of it. Uh, long story short, she lived in Ohio, she was in Cleveland, I was in Washington, okay? And, 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 we, and they just started talking about the things that, that, that I did. Uh, her mom even like brought up this email that I wrote her and how she still has saved it and, and how much it meant to her. And I'm like, 
I have no idea what I wrote you. Uh, and, and, and they were talking about the flowers that I was sending to their house. Uh, and, and, and all of these things pursuing Lindsay. And, and, and I was like, man, I was romantic. Um, and, and I, and, but, but I'd forgotten all of those things. But, but what, what blew me away, I mean, guys, I used to get up. There's a three-hour time difference. I used to get up. I didn't know this. I forgot. I used to get up at 5, maybe it was 4.30 a.m. every day so that I could talk to her on her way to work. You don't care. Okay, whatever. Um, thank you. Thank you. Okay? Yeah. There we go. Some of that. Guys are like, you stupid. Okay? But anyway, I was what? I was pursuing her. Okay? It wasn't creepy at the time. Sounds more creepy as I say it out loud. But at the time, it wasn't. And she liked it. She could have blocked me. And, you know, Ohio, easy. Just don't pick up. So, but I was pursuing her. I was pursuing her. Everything was about um, literally like walking through this relationship towards ultimately, hopefully, marriage, right? So, so it, was a, it was a pursuit. And when I pursued her, nothing else mattered. Now, it wasn't healthy, <laughs> but nothing else. I mean, as they were talking about, I'm like, man, yeah, I, everything was about pursuing her. And, and when you think about a relationship with Jesus, what he's calling us to, and we think about sanctification, right? The process of becoming more like him. We have to get to the place where he is the only thing that matters. We have to get to that place. Because if he's not, that means he's replaced by something. Whatever you've replaced him with has the ability to hijack the decision you need to make. And so that's why I always say, let's start with who God is. Let's start with your purpose, right? Because if we don't start there, something else has the potential to rob you of the desired outcome of the decision that you're trying to make, right? Because if you're a Jesus follower, ultimately, I pray, your desire with the decision is to please and honor him. And so when we uh, look at moving forward uh, and, and we think about, man, how do I learn about uh, God? How do I understand his nature? Uh, how do I understand uh, his desires for me? And, and specifically in this decision, um, one of the first things you have to do is what? If, if you're going to try and understand God, who do you need to study and learn about? Sunday school answer, right? Jesus right? A God in the flesh, who we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell us all about different accounts of how Jesus lived his life. And so when I think about the decisions I make, and, and guys, a lot of times it's not easy. A lot of times it's not clear. And, and, and you're left with like, man, okay, God, you could be in this in multiple ways and it's never ending, right? It's tough. Um, a lot of times I'll go back to the life of Christ and I'll look at like, like how Jesus lived, how he responded. How did he respond to, to stress? How did he respond uh, to, to, to people, these, these specific situations? Uh, John 14, 6. This is, this is why uh, we want to listen to Jesus. In John 14, 6, uh, he says this. I am the way. That's it. Right? 
Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way and the truth. So what are you seeking for when you're making this big decision that a lot of you are in the process right now of like trying to define? You're looking for the way, right? You're like, which way do I go? But ultimately, even deeper, you're asking, what's the truth? What is the truth? And so Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So ultimately, if you're going to make this decision, and, and it's not like clear, right? It's not like sin, not sin, right? It's not like obedience, disobedience. And you're like, how do I navigate through this? You want to go back to the life of Christ and look and, and, and study how he navigated through the decisions he was faced with. You will be amazed at what you learn when you do that. And that is why I encourage you, especially if you're brand new to faith, to read one of the gospels to learn about the life of Christ because that's where you see the character of God played out to perfection. Jesus said, I am the way. So is, is this of him or is it not? Well, look at the temptations Jesus faced. Look at how Satan manipulated things. Look at, look at how, look at the ramifications for those things when, when Satan tempted Jesus. Look at uh, how uh, he faced urgency. Look at how he faced deadlines. Look at how he faced obstacles. All of those things. Look how he faced betrayal. All those things are there. Uh, how did he face this choice or that choice? We see how he modeled getting away, spending time with his father. We see him literally to the point of saying to one of his closest followers, get behind me, Satan. And that should be his wisest counsel. Get behind me, Satan, because I'm about my father's business. Okay, so, so like it's so important that we study him because what happens when you study his life, God in the flesh, the word became flesh. What happens when you study him? Well, I'm struck with this image uh, two nights ago. So uh, the last pool that we had for the boys, when I say pool, it's like a kiddie pool. It, it, it got an air or an air in it. It got a flat somewhere a hole, and, I had, and my wife got a new one at Costco, and it's huge. It's, it's a big pool. Like, I was like, honey, seriously? Like, it took hours to fill with water. And, and, and it's like, it's got air, it's got an air tube around it, and it's really interesting. You blow the air up, and it's got these fake air-filled dolphins in it. One actually shoots water, pretty cool. And as you put water in this pool, the air-filled tube goes up with the water. So it's always above the water. So that's your lip. That's your rim, right? It's not the strongest of rims, though, right? It's air-filled. And, and it was tall. And my youngest, who if you see him, you'll be like, that's mini Steve. Um, and he's not just outwardly mini Steve. Inwardly, he is mini Steve, which is not good. I pray for him probably more than the other two. Um, and he is playing with toys. It's raining. But I was like, hey, kids, it's fun to be in the pool in the rain. And I don't know why I said that, but it was really dumb. I don't even know why I said it. But so they're out there. But, and then they get out there. And my wife's like, you guys cannot get in the pool, okay, uh, in a loving way. But 
she says that. And so my youngest, he's fully clothed and they're playing. They're getting some toys because there's this new movie uh, out with Pixar and it's about like, I don't even know what it's about, but the Happy Meal has the toys. They're like half human, half fish. There you go. Um, whoever that is. And anyway, so they have these toys that they, they do stuff in the water. Um, McDonald's is stepping up way better than when I was a kid. And so they're putting them in the pool and they're watching. And I'm watching and I'm like, ah, because the pool's just big enough. And I know his little arms, stubby arms like his dad can't get it. So it gets to the middle of the pool. And he is fixated. He is focused on this toy, right? He's like his dad. He's got tunnel vision on it. It's like everything's about this toy. So he's focused on the toy. And I'm watching it. And he's like, you know, and everything's about getting the toy. And he looks at me. And I'm like, you know. And then I see him pull a little Steve. And he's like, I'm getting the toy. So he goes. And he's leaning and it's air. It's not strong. And all of a sudden, <laughs> soaked. He's immersed, right? Guys, to be honest, that's the image I have of what happens when we pursue Jesus and his will. And he's the point of the decision. You know what happens is as you are fixated and focused on him, it's not about you. It's about him. What happens is you literally become immersed in his character. Your mindset becomes immersed in looking at it in a way that reflects how he would look at it. It, it, it overtakes you. You don't, you don't, in the moment, usually know it, but other people see it a lot of times. In fact, a lot of other people be like, man, that's incredible, your, how you're operating right now, your life, it's amazing. And, and that's what happens if you're in an all-out pursuit of Jesus. You guys, he, he doesn't just like leave you out there like my boy reaching for the, the toy. It's like you, you literally, it's like, it was almost like the pool pulled him in. It was so funny. He's just soaked. Right? Like, like it's undeniable. This has just changed everything you're wearing. And when it comes to pursuing him and he's the point and when it's pure and it's all about him and your mind is focused on him and the decisions in your day are about him and getting more of him in your life. You guys, what happens is you're going to do whatever you can to get to him and that will change your perspective on the decision. That will change um, how you view this option or that option option. It will be him working and it will no longer be about you being the beneficiary of a decision. And that's ultimately all we want. If we're a Jesus follower, is that, that's it. So your mindset is different. Your perspective is this, is different. And, and sometimes, uh, and, I, and I've seen it with some of you, is your desired outcomes actually change. Man, that's when it's like, whoa is when he actually changes my desired outcome. That, you guys, uh, I've shared it before. My desired outcome was not to be here uh, in Eugene. That wasn't the desired outcome. He changed my desired outcome. Like, he changed it. 
And, and so uh, I've, I've seen him do it. And, and, and for some of you, it's so cool because I'm watching some of you pray over things. You're pursuing him. And it's so awesome because I, you can't see it, but I'm watching it in your mind. Your mindset is literally shifting and changing. And it's changing a way where it, in a way where he's the beneficiary. You're not anymore. And that I'm just like, let's go. Get out. I'm going to miss you. Get out. Go or stay. Maybe he's calling you stay. So, so that's, that's, I, I see that and, and it's incredible. And so guys, when you're in those decisions um, and, and, and making that, start with him. Psalm 145, 18. It says this. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. Remember, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth. Okay, so truth is alignment to his word, alignment to his will. So he says he is going to be near. He's going to be in this if what? If I call on him in truth. Okay, now a lot of times we take this out of context. We'll be outside of truth, thinking we're inside of truth and thinking he's right there. Guys, if I'm not walking in truth, God is distant from me. And I've been, uh, tr- I've been trying to follow him for a long time. I can feel it. Like I know. Like, it, when, like I can clearly see at this point in my life when I'm distant from him. When I'm not walking in truth. And so he's, he's literally saying, hey, call upon me. I am near. Walk in truth, though. Walk in truth. When you walk in truth, which Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. When you walk in that, you guys, he is going to be right there with you in the decision. And, and for some of you, you're like, I don't want to make the wrong one. It's like when you're in the truth, in alignment with him, do you think he's going to let you just make the wrong one? Like, think about that for a second. You're walking hand in hand with him. That is literally like you and I walking hand in hand. And, and I'm saying, I love you. You're saying, I'm going to follow you. And I walk you out into the middle of oncoming traffic. That's literally how we act sometimes in these decisions. And, and it, it literally becomes paralyzing for us. Guys, he doesn't want you to be paralyzed. Now, I've shared with this with a lot of you. Sometimes he gives you a lot of vision and direction. And sometimes he only gives you the next step. But that's all you need. You don't need to know the next five years. I've actually stopped asking that in interviews because it's just a dumb question. Nobody knows, right? But is God calling me to take this next step? And if I'm near to him, if I am walking in truth, I am able to identify his voice. I know he's near and I can be confident in that step. And, and, and so I want to encourage some of you that... Um, you're praying over this and you're like, man, uh, am I supposed to do this or am I supposed to do that? If your proximity <laughs> is, is near to him, if your will is in alignment to his will, you don't have to worry. You just don't. He's not going to walk you in the oncoming traffic. He's not. And so you can have peace in that. And Here's what I, uh, 
want to challenge you with. It's all about, well, it's out of the nearness to him that the direction comes. Okay. That's why, you know, when our church did the fast, uh, that was one of the things that God laid on my heart was every major decision that I've made since, uh, I started fasting as a youth pastor. Um, every major decision now has come out of a fast because I've understood and learned that it's out of that nearness that it brings a direction. Okay. So trust in that, walk in that. Um, and then here's the other thing that, that I want to challenge some of you with, um, whether you've, you know, recently met with me or, um, or you're like, man, I need to meet with you and ask you about this decision. Uh, it's okay to pump the brakes. One of the lies is I have to make this decision now. Okay? Sometimes that's mom and dad. Sometimes it's a friend. It could be a lot of different people in your life. It could be a roommate. Guys, um, one of the temptations that Satan tempted Jesus with, and it was a good one, was to what? Hurry up the mission. It was to speed it up. Guys, um, some of you have created deadlines that aren't real. They're not. You can take time. Okay? You can take time. When you read autobiographies and everything else, like there is not one, uh, like one time amount that worked for everybody. It's crazy. The different times and, and how long things took. And yeah, we all love the quick, right? Right. The, the quick and everything change, but that's not the case for a lot of people. And if you're literally reaching and you're uncomfortable, I'm going to challenge you pump those brakes unless you have to, unless it's like, Tomorrow is the deadline, Steve. Like, I have no other, I, like, that's it. That's what this school is telling me. I, it has to be in by tomorrow. Um, that's what uh, this person is saying. I got to make this decision now. Um, unless that's really the case, which most of the time it's not. You guys, like, like slow it down. I, I, I see a lack of patience right now. I mean, it's in our culture, right? And I'm not a patient person. So I'm not up here going, I figured it out. I struggle with patience, big time. But I know from learning to pump the brakes in my own life that I've, and, and I know from challenging you guys uh, to do that, it's almost like a breath of fresh air. It's giving you permission to work through it. You guys, you have that permission, okay? I don't know what everyone's telling you, but you have the permission to take uh, your time um, and let God work. Jesus demonstrated incredible patience, um, amazing patience, not only in his mission, but with people. Oh, incredible patience. Um, in, in Hebrews uh, 6.12, In Hebrews 6.12, it says this. I'm not going to read a ton of this, but I want to. It says, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I love that verse. And read the rest of the verses. Mark it. Read the rest of them. They're really good. 
so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and, so faith and patience inherit the promises. So guys, I know I talked about time and the urgency and all that. And some of you are like, okay, okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. I, 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 mission. Guys, mission and, and operating in urgency does not mean you are impatient. In fact, faith needs to be in alignment with patience on God. And, and, and so we see that. And he says, that's what you imitate. And, and that's who inherited the promises. Um, and, and so guys, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and so being led by the Spirit is going to bring this patience into your life. And, and, I, and I want you to know you have permission. That's, that's a good thing. Okay, so be patient. Let God work. Let him bring uh, clarity to it. Um, and, and, and lastly, I just want to say this. Time and proximity. Time and proximity. Okay? Um, the time that you dedicate to growing in your relationship with God, pursuing him, and then your closeness to him. They, they go together, time and proximity. When you think of, when I, when I challenge any married couple, it's, it's you have to make time for each other. You have to. Or, or your lives are going to rip you apart. It's going to take you on all these journeys. My wife and I now, and I, I shared this a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I don't remember. We bought this calendar and we get together every Sunday night and we walk through it because we have seen how life has tried to literally separate us. And so we have to fight. We have to literally schedule out how we maintain closeness, that proximity, that time, because that is the most important thing in our relationship. When you're seeking God's will, when this big decision is, is, is confronting you, which so many of you are dealing with right now, um, guys, it's closeness, it's proximity to God. If he's the point, man, you're going to be in a great position to make the decision. Okay. And when he's the point, it's going to guard me against my thoughts. It's going to guard me against making a decision that's outside of his nature because the Bible tells us about his nature, what he's about, how he operated. And get people in your life that are going to help you point in that direction because I can't be your only voice. I just can't, okay? I'm going to help you. I'll do anything I can. I'll meet with you. And I have met with you, uh, with a lot of you guys. And, and what's so cool from doing this now for a while is, like even this week, I had multiple people that are in like grad school call me up and be like, hey, what do you think I should do? <laughs> and we're walking through the decisions. And ultimately what I start with is, man, what's going on with you and God? Because I just know if that's not the starting point, it's going to be a guessing game, Okay? Ultimately, if I want to honor him. Guys, think about that and ultimately learn who he is. Make that a priority, even in the decision. Learn who he is and he'll bring everything else and align it just how it needs to be. And you can trust and you can walk because you're holding his hand and he's not going to lead you into oncoming traffic. He's just not. He loves you. Okay? Let's pray.